0: The FT.
1: The rise of Amazon has led to a severe decline in high street bookshops. But David Prescott, chief executive of Blackwell's, is optimistic. The British chain of bookshops has just made a small profit. I'm Emma Jacobs, and I spoke to him about his career and the future of bookselling in his office in Oxford. I started in
0: Goods in which means I was opening boxes and booking the stock onto the system. And then from there, within 18 months, I was manager of a branch at the University of Morgan, And then a variety of other jobs from there to sort of, you know, Cardiff manager, regional manager, head of operations, to becoming MD five years ago and CEO two and a half years ago. In that
1: time, how have you seen the industry change?
0: It's changed massively. It used to be a very simple business, academic book selling, so we would get the recommendation... From the academic, we would order the books in, pile them high, in at the start of the term. Diligently, all of the students would come in and, and buy those books. Now, with the advent of online sellers, with the advent of resources being available digitally, clearly we've had to sort of diversify to be able to sell, not just in the, in the campus bookshop, but also online. You know, we have a digital platform, and therefore we can sell across a, a wide medium now. But fundamentally, the business is still the same. It's just like I say, diversified.
1: And how do you keep morale up of employees when they're constantly being told negative things, Amazon's come to kill booksellers, you know, it's an industry in decline, books are no
0: more? Primarily because everybody in Blackwells knows what we're trying to achieve. And first and foremost, that is to become self-sustaining and profitable. And when we can do that, we can launch the employee partnership, which means that every bookseller will have you know a stake in the business and they will own the business equally. So in terms of keeping people motivated, they know what goal it is they're shooting for and that's helping to keep people focused and on track in terms of delivering against what we're trying to achieve. And what do booksellers have that
1: Amazon algorithms
0: don't have? Personal knowledge, personal experience. You can ask them a question and, and they can genuinely tell you whether you know, something is a good book or a bad book. They have a love and a passion for bookselling. And that comes clearly through when you speak to one of our booksellers, you know, in terms of asking for a recommendation or whether an event's coming up or what's happening in the shop.
1: Obviously, in bookshops, it's not about just the books. It's about headline acts. It's about pop-up theatre, coffee. How do you come up with ideas and and balance the books versus the events?
0: Fortunately, it's not down to me to come up (laughs) with the ideas specifically. So, I mean, the great thing about employing a wide variety of creative people is that we are not short of ideas. And taking Oxford Broad Street as an example, it wasn't me that came up with the idea to put Creation Theatre on in the Norrington Room, where we've run Ulysses and various other shows over the past few years. It wasn't my idea to do a festival alongside the William Blake at the Ashmolean. So we have a huge number of creative people. They are brimming full of ideas. And that's great because it means that the shop remains an interesting place to come for customers and it gives them a compelling reason to keep coming back for new and better and bigger events.
1: who's been the biggest sellout author or is the biggest star attraction
0: uh, Chris Hadfield has probably been the biggest he's the astronauts. Yeah. I've had him a couple of times and that's a really big signing. I don't know outside I don't know
1: and what about the university relationship? How has that changed in university education? and what they've had to do impacted
0: the business? What it's meant primarily is that we need to know a lot more people on campus. So historically we might have known the academic who was recommending a textbook or uh, the head of a department who might buy the books on behalf of their students or the librarians, but increasingly because the decision-making in universities is a lot more diverse than it used to be, a lot more fractured, it means that we now need to know pro-VCs of student experience you know, head of estates, head of procurement, and all the traditional relationships that we've had before. So, we've had to work a lot harder to know everybody who is is a key decision maker and opinion former on campus.
1: Would you recommend going into bookselling?
0: Would you recommend it to your children? Yes, I mean, there's no there's no reason why I wouldn't. Nobody. I'm not sure can... I'd
1: recommend going into journalism
0: for myself. Yeah, but I mean, journalism is journalism is an interesting comparison isn't it because you know my wife was a journalist on Trinity Mirror for a number of years they had constant you know every Friday in the pub with you know my mates because most of them were journalists they'd be coming on saying here's another round of redundancies and all the rest of it but that industry as well is kind of you know it's reached its level you know and I'm sure we'll recover again And, and it's again diversified into the fact that now you know a lot of the news is online rather than print papers Bookselling has just gone through a, a similar, if different, sort of you know, painful curve. Trade book selling, fiction, general book selling has probably gone through that now. Academic has still got it to get through because it started later. But I think gotten, it has reached a okay,
1: class? So. I think
0: trade has. I mean, the thing is with trade book selling, it never bought. It never brought new readers to the market. Right. It wasn't as though people who didn't read print all of a sudden went, well, now I can read it digitally, now it's, it's made all the difference to me, I'm going I'm to buy an e-reader. What it, what it just meant is, is that people started reading in mixed formats. Well, that's absolutely fine. But it didn't open up the market in a different way. Academic is slightly different because you're talking predominantly about books for requirements, so it'll be purely substitutional. Um, between whether you buy the text in print or in digital format.
1: But you tell your daughters to have different skills than, you know, someone might have advised you leaving university at 21. Well, would I... Would I words in your mouth, but yeah. would you say, you think about what kind of carrot cake you're going to be selling as well?
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say think about what type of <laughs> carrot cake you're going to sell because Patrick sells the best <laughs> carrot cake there is. But... I think what I would be saying to them is if you're going if you decide to go into bookselling, you have to realise that you can't just sit there on the couch and wait for people to come into the shop. And you've got to work very hard at giving them a compelling reason to come in. And that means being very creative and thinking of things and getting involved in your local community and doing lots more things than kind of, you know, opening black books. <laughs>
1: A lot of our readers will be in industries that are just, you know, it might not be Amazon, but you know, some new digital threat will be approaching them, and obviously it's different in every industry, and and the threat is different, and the kind of nature of it. There's always a sort of feeling that you don't know where the next threat is coming from. How should people approach it, do you think?
0: Well, yeah, you don't know where the next threat's coming from, but that doesn't stop you being the digital interrupter. It doesn't stop you being the people... You know, the person that actually is, you know, that other people are following or saying, oh my god, look what well, they've just suddenly done. So, uh, again, it's like the industry will change and, and people will come up with new ideas and all the rest of it, but that you don't want to be in a position constantly where you're responding. You want other people responding to what you're doing. So, again, there's no victim mentality in this business whatsoever. It's our job to be as disruptive as uh, anybody else who's out there.
1: In some ways, being a bookseller is the sort of it's like being the nation's sweetheart or the world's sweetheart, you know. People love books. Obviously, books are really important, and it's not like working in industry where people don't give a toss about it. Do yeah, but their
0: own are, there are, books are only important to people who like books.
1: Yeah.
0: And and the nature of, the nature of journalism and the nature of academia and all the rest of it means that naturally you move in kind of book circles. There's a huge proportion of the population who are not engaged in books and don't go in bookshops. You know, and that's, you know, that's a challenge, yeah. you know, and, that, and that's from primary education onwards in terms of making sure that people are engaged in books. I mean, that's why something like World Book Day is such a brilliant thing, because at least every pupil in the UK should be getting their £1 voucher and their book, which means, you know, even in homes with no books, they should at least be one. I
1: think you'll stay in Brooks.
0: As long as they'll have me. I've got no intention to leave, but I'm the CEO. You know so that once this role is finished, at whatever point that it does, who knows? For more downloads, go to ft.com forward/podcasts.